0: Welcome to the World Beyond the tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 240. A little about the trade on the way, until I figure out what it is I really want to do. It was coming out of him with conviction, smooth as a snake. He knew everything about Big Mike Ainsel in that moment, and he liked Mike Ainsel. Mike Ainsel had none of the problems that Shadow had. Ainsel had never been married. Mike Ainsel had never been interrogated on a freight train by Mr. Wood and Mr. Stone. Televisions did not speak to Mike Ainsel. You want to see Lucy's tits? asked a voice in his head. Mike Ainsel didn't have bad dreams or believe that there was a storm coming. He filled his shopping basket at Dave's Finest Foods, doing what he thought of as a gas station stop. Milk, eggs, bread, apples, cheese, cookies, just some food. He'd do a real one later. As Shadow moved around, Chad Mulligan said hello to people and introduced Shadow to them. This is Mike Ainsel. He's taken the empty apartment at the old Pilson place up around the back, he'd say. Shadow gave up trying to remember her names. He just shook hands with people and smiled, sweating a little, uncomfortable in his insulated layers in the hot store. Chad Mulligan drove Shadow across the street to Lakeside Realty. Missy Gunther, her hair freshly set and lacquered, did not need an introduction. She knew exactly who Mike Ainsel was. Why that nice Mr. Borson, his Uncle Emerson, such a nice man. He'd been by, what, about six, eight weeks ago now and rented the apartment up at the old Pilsen place. And wasn't the view just to die for up there? Well, honey, just wait until the spring, and we're so lucky. So many of the lakes in this part of the world go bright green from the algae in the summer. It would turn your stomach. But our lake, well, come 4th of July, you could still practically drink it. And Mr. Borson had paid for a whole year's lease in advance. And as for the Toyota 4Runner, she couldn't believe that Chad Mulligan still remembered it. And yes, she'd be delighted to get rid of it tell the truth, she'd pretty much resigned herself to giving it to Henselman as this year's clunker and just taking the tax write-off. Not that the car was a clunker, far from it. No, it was her son's car before he went to school in Green Bay, and, well, he'd painted it purple one day, and (laughs) she certainly hoped that Mike Ainsel liked purple. That was all she had to say, and if he didn't, she wouldn't blame him. Chief of Police Mulligan excused himself near the middle of this litany. It looks like they need me back at the office. Good meeting you. And that's our page. The top portion of the page is one of the biggest bits of insight we get into Shadow up to this point in the novel. As much as Shadow is the protagonist of the book, we still don't get a lot of internal feelings in the moment. Perhaps things slow down a bit more in Lakeside and allow for this deeper insight, though. In this moment, Shadow reflects on how differently his life is from Mike's, and I wonder how much of it is Shadow getting into character, and how much of it is an earnest reflection of Shadow's desire to have a simpler, easier life. Probably both. The phrase smooth as a snake is used on this page and appears to go back to the poetry of Isaac's story under the pseudonym Peter Quince, which, incidentally, is the name of one of the mechanicals in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Though, in the original poem, it's referring to a man's skin, not a more metaphorical smoothness. Of course, in referring to a man's skin, it's a bit more appropriate to the novel, especially when remembering that the rebirth scene from a few pages back, Shadow's rebirthed body, was referred to as shapeless and snake-like. The other curious part about this paragraph is that last line. Mike Ainsel didn't believe there was a storm coming. It seems as though Shadow is finally on board with Wednesday's mad war, and also believes that the storm is on the way. That's only 230-some pages since the first character in the novel mentioned the storm, so I never knew lacquered hair was a thing until this book. It either can mean a particular style of hair color, or more commonly, simply the act of using hairspray. I never had anything done to my hair beyond a haircut, which... Well, now it's too late. The hair is gone. But this was all new to me. Basically, it means what it sounds like it means. Shiny and richly colored. Just, you know, for hair. Missy Gunther's speech on this page isn't presented as standard dialogue. There's no quotation marks. There's no... There's nothing to set it off other than it's just one big, long paragraph. And she has this meandering way of talking that definitely seems more suited to this style. Her manner of speech seems similar to how Henselman told his story. Perhaps... It's just the way people speak in this part of the county. This part of the country, that is. I like it, though. Toyota Forerunner is a car that's been in production since the mid-80s. I would guess that the model Shadow is going to be buying is the third generation, which began production in 1995. In this generation, the 4Runner went from, went from being a light truck to more of a luxury SUV. A clunker, if it isn't obvious from context, is a car in poor condition, typically due to age, but can also stem from general mechanical issues. This is a small hint of things to come, but the clunker will provide some interesting flavor to the story later on. But for now, get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Gregonage for the use of his version of St. James Infirmary Blues as the show's theme, and thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.